Hello everyone, this is Nataline coming to you from the moon. I'm here at Strawberry Moon Energetics, our first podcast, this little experimentation of the sacred donut. Let's begin with a blessing. God, God is all that is. Hello everyone. Welcome again to the Sacred Donut. We are here on the moon, Strawberry Moon in Lakewood, Colorado. I am sitting here with a um, full table full of very special people. I'm excited. I love how everything around here is divine timing in the spiritual cosmic movement. If you've ever been to Strawberry Moon, you would know that we don't plan things. We allow things to just unfold. And so in that unfolding today, I am sitting with um, my producer, Tio, who I call Brister. Yay, Tio. And Mariah, who has um, been on the show several times. You all know her as our social media guru uh, person. Uh, And then we have two special guests. My bestie from back in the day, boy, does she have the the goods on me, uh, Tanya Tenorio Rashad. She is uh, my best friend from high school, and she is an artist and a writer and a mother and all kinds of good things. And, and so, she created a logo. And she created the Strawberry Moon logo. She created the Sacred Donut logo. So she's our resident artist. So welcome, Tanya. Say hello. Hello, everybody. And we have Kim Nelson, who is one of our elders here on the moon. And uh, we know her better as Bear Woman. Say hello, Kim. Hello, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So let's see. Let's do some business here before um, we start. So we have a couple of shout-outs, a few shout-outs. Shout-out to Carissa Frolov, Carol Cooper, Teresa Linder, Beverly Castaneda, Alex and Sharisa Benavides, Laura Dahmer, Jerome Freeman. Uh, we have Tanya on the list, but Tanya's here today. So we'll shout out to her again. Robin Klein, Barb Sandoval, Antonio Martinez, uh, Gina Lovato, Utimia Cruz Montoya, and MGK from Instagram, MGK, gave us a nice shout out. So we're shouting back to everybody listening. Uh, thank you all so much for sharing and listening and talking about the Sacred Donut and um, convincing your family and friends to listen. So uh, Mariah, what would you like to add? Yes, so please continue to follow us and share us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can send us any stories, comments, questions, suggestions on our email, which is the sacred donut podcast at gmail.com. Great. So today we are going to dive into the topic of beliefs. And so we, in previous um, podcast episodes, we've talked a little bit about Uh, beliefs in different ways and emotions and these sorts of things. Today I want to talk about specifically um, beliefs and how they affect your life. So we're talking false beliefs, limiting beliefs, uh, self-sabotaging beliefs, self-limiting beliefs, disempowering beliefs, all the things that... um, block us from our full potential. So my intention for today's episode is I want to take you into the realization of your full potential, okay? This isn't like, um, you know, your potential where, you know, your parents when you're a teenager, they're like, you have more potential than that, right? I'm I'm not talking about like you know, getting degrees and the white picket fence kind of potential. I'm talking about the deep potential that is in the core of your being, the 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 God conscious, um, Creator conscious, grand supreme inventor of your reality. 
the realization of your full potential, meaning that you have p- potential beyond your imagination, right? We, we think we have potential, again, to, like, go to college or get that job, um, maybe do something like, you know, um, I don't know, build something or write a book. But can you go beyond, like, even bigger than that? Can you go into your full potential of how you create your reality on a grand scale, meaning, like, creating your reality if you dream of living on the beach and um, uh, I'm envisioning right now living on the beach and and in like a cabin sort of hut, beautiful comfort um, and a swing, somebody swinging on a swing. I don't know. I'm seeing this vision. So somebody out there has this vision and uh, the limiting beliefs that would prevent you from getting there, right? So I'm talking about the realization of your full potential of what do you dream, your biggest dreams, and how do we take you there? How do we get you to go from the life you live um, or the, the, the things that you could want more of, right? You have the potential to do great things, but can we go even bigger than that? Like, you know, I always think of that um, idea of you, you... we have these dreams, but there's a bigger dream out there. Like, we only scratch the surface of what we think we could have or do or be. And so I want to look today at um, the beliefs and how they, you know, we're not talking about your good belief. You, you've got beliefs that are great, that are working for you. Keep those, right? We're talking about the beliefs that are sabotaging, that I call false, which we'll get into, limiting, um, disempowering, that keep you from getting there, okay? So to Kim and Tanya, limiting beliefs, disempowering beliefs, um, self-sabotaging beliefs, would you say in your life so far you've already somewhat identified some of those beliefs? Oh, yeah. Tell me. Quite a few. Um... Well, things you're told as a child. Like, you know, the the big thing when I was growing up is children should be seen and not heard. You know, that was... And then to be a girl. Right. Girls really were... You clean the house and you sit back and you be quiet and don't laugh too loud, don't make a scene, don't cause a track, don't cause any attention to yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's very much pulled over to my my professional life where it's hard for me to sit... Like sit at the table, you know, st- and talk with all the managers and right. and be heard, right? You know, so that that's been a battle for me. But to acknowledge that, right, to be able to see that that comes from a childhood conditioning, right? Correct. And that's what we want to look at. Is you know, I'm always taking you back to the childhood and always saying, you know, and again, we're not just blaming the parents. Things get passed on down the line, but the beliefs that continually get programmed in us. So remember, if you haven't listened to episodes before or if you have, we always go into the understanding that from, you know, conception to seven, you're programmed. And so from seven on, you have your conscious understanding of things, right? So as we grow, especially now in the position that you all are in, where you can start to identify the limiting beliefs, so you can have a conscious understanding of, yes, I... I am allowed to be seen, right? But the problem is, is you have to constantly be aware of that because the unconscious mind has that program that's ran for so long that no matter what, it sneaks up behind you. And and you've said this to me where it's like, I hear it coming from back there somewhere, right? Yeah. It's coming in and saying like, here I am to remind you, don't be too loud. Don't be too much. Don't be, you know, don't draw attention to yourself. And then it's like, oh, I, you sounded so dumb when you said that. Or, you know, then you start criticizing yourself when you did stand up and say something. Right. Like, you were too loud. Or, oh, that sounded so stupid. Why would you do that? You know, and so then you've got those other little voices that you got to beat. Right. So then again, you'll then go in, you'll hesitate to then speak up again or, or, right. or clear that belief. Right. right? right. Exactly. And, and Tanya, can you hmm. share? I think one of the biggest ones for me was I... Um, I actually, when I was little, this is kind of a funny story, but when I was little, I am mixed race, and I never quite fit in, right, because I had an uncle, love him, 
and it was a cute nickname, but he would call me Lima Bean because I was lighter skinned than the rest of my family. So it made me always feel apart from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think I've never felt like I could fit in. And I'm like, why can't I feel like I fit in with anybody? Right. And then I started to learn, like, who cares if I don't fit in? Right. I'm glad I don't fit in, but it's something I had to teach myself because I felt like they were making me feel bad because I was I didn't look like all my other family. Right. You know? And now I think that I do pretty good. I, I could care less what anybody yeah, I think. how I fit in. Like I'm still kind of shy. It takes me a while to get to learn, you know, get to know people, but I think that's a trust issue, not so much a do I fit in? Like I I could fit in wherever I need to. Right. Like I'm comfortable now. But it took me a long, long time to get there. I would say to like my 40s where I could actually walk into a room of strangers and not want to just like oh and not like want to hide in a corner you know right so that was that was really tough for me um now I don't care like I can meet new people and I'm I could be myself right yeah so and so in the idea of limiting beliefs like if you look back at your life we could say how many times it prevented you from maybe making connections or right. associations yes. or getting to make new friends or it kept you from really showing my art yeah you know it it was always that block that I, oh maybe I don't fit or maybe I'm gonna I don't know it was always kind of a block for me right and I didn't have the courage to like reach out to people and show my stuff and and meet new people and go, this is what I do. And now it doesn't bother me at all. Right. And I think from a creative place of either an artist or a writer, I learned many, many years ago um, when I was in college, I was in a writing class and I, I would write pieces, you know, whether friction stories or poetry or whatever. And my peers would always trash my work. Right. And my professor said to me, because I wrote very much in, in an oral tradition sort of way. And um my professor pulled me to the side and he said, don't, don't listen to anything they're saying. You're not writing for them, right? You're, they can critique it, but you have a unique way of how you write. And I really, at that point, went into the agreement with myself that anything I wrote, I wasn't writing for anybody but what I felt like writing. I didn't have an audience in mind because then you're not being true to yourself, right? right? Because if you go into that space of will they like it, I don't know if my art or my writing or my book is to their taste, you're already, you have already self-sabotaged because there is an audience for you. You just have to put the words out there and and do, right? And And you'll draw in. And it's interesting because a lot of people that come to Strawberry Moon are what, they would consider themselves like, you know, everyone who sort of has felt out of the, you know, they're all sort of feel like... I was going like, to say that. This is I, like, I'm like her, yeah, mixed race. It's here. one of the few places I've come like, oh, there's other people. Like that me. Are, that are like, yes. you're, you're between the two worlds. Yeah. And it's like, the Strawberry Moon, I've come in contact with so yeah. many people I like that. I learned that. I, yeah. I have to give a lot of that to here, to, to having a same, circle same here, here and being able to sit in a in a ceremony and like tell a story to other people who are emotional and telling their story, that's like right. very intimate. Well, and that's something um, that I want the listeners to think about is that more, you know, I, I work with a lot of people and 90% of people feel like they don't fit in. There's a hardly, there's not that many people that come in and say like, oh, you know, even if they look like they fit in or they look like they're, they're a lot of people feel uncomfortable in a lot of situations because they just, they, they have these, self-sabotaging beliefs they have these programs that have told them in some way in all these different ways like Kim's is you know don't you know it be seen and not heard well that we can look from a cultural uh, uh, societal you know women certain generations were told that right I, and kids were told that the adults were you know ha- having company or dinner and the kids were to be hidden you you're not to be seen right Right. And so, or heard and not seen, I'm sorry. Um, I mean, backwards. <laughs> heard. heard. 
wait, seen and, and not, not heard. heard. <laughs> um, my, my little, my brain switches gears sometimes. So, um, so I want to look at, so those are beliefs that like for, for these two women, when we're looking at it, these are like lifelong beliefs that have sort of followed you through your life until one day you realize like, I don't have to carry that anymore. I also want to look at um, beliefs in different ways. Okay, so I, I, I wrote just like a little list. And so I want the listeners to think about things like this. So beliefs that, you know, um, what these two women shared. And then, like, let's say I'm too old. I hear that a lot. People will come in and they'll say, you know, and I have young people at like 30 that are like, it's over. And I'm like, what's over? And they're like, it's too late. It's, I, my life is, and I'm like, well, if it's over for you, then I must be expired like sour milk because I'm much older than you. I so, hate doing that. I hate it when people, I'm old. I, I just... Right, and you so, won't hear me say that, even though you, I'm one of the elders here. It's just right, and so, but even not in the age of where just the ageism part of it, but the thinking that it's too late to try something new, it's too late to find a new love, it's too late to change careers. I hear that a lot. People will say, I really want to do X, Y, and Z, but it's too late. You know, I'm already 50 or whatever. And I'm like, you have 40 years you could do that career, right? And so, um, you know, when we look at, I'm too old. I, to me, I I never, age never crosses my mind about anything. Um, There isn't enough. So when we, we've talked a little bit about this in the wealth consciousness uh, episode, you know, uh, money doesn't grow on trees, there isn't enough. So when we go into scarcity, again, we're looking at those beliefs, there isn't enough. So there's just not enough time. Time is one of those as well. That And that can play into that I'm too old. There isn't enough time for me to start over. And I'm like, well, what else do you have to do? This is your life. This is about experiencing your life. So um, the other one uh, that I have on the list is, you know, who do you think you are? Uh, I, that one is a big one because I often watch people come in and they'll have a dream. They have a big dream and they're like, I want to do this thing. Or they'll come in and they'll say, well, I had this idea and I wanted to do this thing. And my family said, no, you know, no, we can't do that. Like, who do you think you are that you could start a business, that you could do something big or out of the norm? And um, to me, I want to plant that seed I want you to carry that question. Who do I think I am? Well, I am the realization of my full potential. I am God consciousness having an experience as Nataline, as Kim, as Tio, as Tanya, as Mariah. I want you to take that question and instead of thinking of it in a, you know, who do you think you are to be drawing all that attention to yourself, I want you to think about it from, who do I think I am? Remind yourself, I am whatever I put behind that statement. I am all that is. I am the divine creator. I am the best-selling author. I am uh, uh, the, 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 the artist or the most creative architect. Or um, uh, I want you to start to think about your beliefs and let's start to change the way we view them because often what happens is we can say, okay, find the beliefs that you have the, the limiting beliefs, the sabotaging beliefs, or look at the, the beliefs in general, and then try not to believe that anymore. Well, that's easier said than done. So to me, I feel that if we can take people to just flip the coin and say, instead of making it a negative thing, make it an I'm too old to not live a great life, right? I'm too... I, I'm... I, I want to take it out of the, the um, there's not enough. Okay, I, I don't love there's not enough because of the energy of scarcity. However, to take you from one extreme to another, we can go there's not enough um, uh, of life for me to experience so much. I better get the ball rolling, right? I need to really jump into my life. So it... it if we try to take people from the belief and, and flip it, the, the unconscious is very tricky because those beliefs are still going to pop up. They're still in there. But if we can start to get you to realize, what do I believe? 
Why do I believe what I believe? And then how can I change the perception of that belief just to start to tweak my brain enough to where I can change my behavior? Does that make sense? Yeah. And yes. so um, I want the listeners to, to think about... So first, let's back up. I get excited and I get ahead of myself. Why do you believe what you believe, right? We, we, if, if you ask people, tell me what you believe, and then they tell you, and then you say, why do you believe that? Nine times out of ten, they really can't give you an answer other than, well, that's what I was told, or that's what I read on the news, or that's how my family has done it. And so identifying what you believe first can do a lot because once you can you can see, oh, this is what I believe, then you can look at it and say, do I want to continue to believe that? Do I want to continue to be, believe that um, I am less than just because I was told that for seven years, 14 years, 20 years growing up? Do they told me that. I believe that because they told me that. And so then every partner I had since then will tell me that, right? But once you can identify and say, wait a minute, you told me that. I didn't come to that conclusion on my own. But what happens is, is we're programmed to have a belief. Then you believe it. Then what happens is the universe will say, well, that's your belief. And you hold it so strongly. Let's prove you right over and over again. So parents tell you you're not worth anything. Um, like in Kim's uh, story, the uh, to be to be seen or to be seen and not heard, and so she's going to believe that. So then she gets a job as an adult, and she has employees and bosses or coworkers that are saying to her, "We we." We see you, but we don't want to hear from you, right? And so then it proves to her that's, that's true. And so then you really believe it because not only have you been told it and the, the program has followed you, people are then reflecting that back to you. But they're reflecting that back to you because you hold that belief so strong. Once you say, no, mm-mm, right? I, I, don't, I don't hold that belief anymore. I am going to be heard. And, and then you stand on the chair and you get really loud right <laughs> jump up and down in, in an office in a meeting right, right. <clears throat> in the meeting with your bosses and your your uh, co-workers when they're you know not listening you stand up and say excuse me I have something to say and I'm going to say it really loud or you just stand up and start singing a song or something <laughs> until they hear you right till you break that belief okay Mariah do you want to add anything no, I'm good for right now. Okay. <laughs> She's like, no, okay. She knows what she believes. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> um, so m- most of your, your beliefs have been developed in childhood. And so that's always where we have to go to. And the beliefs come from how we perceive. So we have the belief, and then it tells us how we see our reality. So we have the belief and then it tells us how we see our reality. And that then is then the confirmation back to us. So if you um, say, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, like if your parents told you that all the time, then you're going to literally take that foolheartedly and walk with that and every day think to yourself, every time we look at a tree, you're going to be like, well, there's no money there. Don't look there, right? But if we told a child at two years old, you see all those leaves, that's abundance, and started to teach them to have that sort of thinking, um, that sort of belief system, um, they will begin to live in a wealth consciousness. They'll begin, their reality will reflect that. And so it, what they'll see is, yeah, they don't see dollars on the tree, but they'll start to see opportunities, okay? So we limit ourselves in our thinking. Um, you know, we say over and over, master the mind. I mean, everything uh, in your reality that you suffer from is coming from your thinking and your perception. The mind is a prison, right? It's, your, it's a trap. But when we come to beliefs, it's, um, it's so fascinating to me how hard those beliefs can come in, how, how we can attach to them, and they're just like, they're like written in stone. And we can say, oh, I don't want that anymore, but it, it'll keep popping up and keep popping up. So we have f- false beliefs, what I see as those beliefs that, you know, they're all kind of the same, right? But we say false beliefs, self-sabotaging beliefs, False beliefs meaning, you know, that they're false, that somebody told you something and you believed it to be true and it's not. 
I think the biggest one that has hurt humanity on the grandest scale is the false belief that you're a sinner when you're born. Yes. 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 <laughs> Amen, right? <laughs> yes. Um, it is, to me, that is, um, especially if you think about when you hear that, you begin to be programmed that way. And, and this is not at all. I'm not, you know... Um, I, I come from a Catholic background. I come from uh, very um, devout religious families. And I'm not talking um, in any way negative. I'm talking about the belief that has been planted for generations that we are disconnected and less than and separate from the source of all that is, whatever you want to call that, God, um, God, goddess, all that is, consciousness, source. The idea that we're a sinner at birth is, um, to me, especially when you learn that as a child, can be very confusing. It already, like, soils you. To me, it makes you feel like you're already unpure. And I've seen babies. They, they're, How you can't get any closer to no, God. No. To me, that is, like, the most beautiful... Um, the the I mean that's why everybody smells them right everybody sniffs yeah. the baby because they're so fresh from, innocent, from that and, source yeah. yeah and so that <clears throat> I have seen over and over I had a woman that came to see me once and we were working on um, a uh, belief that was you know kept coming up and we kept clearing it and clearing it and doing the work around it and it certain things kept happening and then one day um, when I was working with her I realized that she that was the core belief that actually set her up to fail so even though she did all this work around self-worth and being good enough that that belief hadn't been cleared we hadn't gotten to that and that is not only for her as an individual but for her um, generational for her ancestors for her societal beliefs it's all in her collective consciousness and so we had to clear it from there once we cleared it from there then it was a whole different ball game right once we cleared it from there it was like you are you are not that you are god you are this beautiful specimen of of full potential that is walking in your creation and once that was established her whole life changed Okay. So I want you to keep that in mind. Um, for a lot of people, if you, you look at your beliefs, go to the big ones, go to the big societal beliefs, like, you know, women, women should be, um, you know, not heard. Or um, uh, what's another big one that is like, um, money doesn't grow on trees. You should work, uh, what is the old, I always think of 50, 1950s um, vacuum salesmen. Like, you have to hit the pavement. You know, you've got to put your fingers to the grindstone. And I'm like, that. that's a false belief. Well, and that artists can't have good careers yes. and can't be successful. Yep, that's a good one. I was yeah. told that my whole life, and I wanted to be an artist. Um, what is that... Uh, Saying about art, uh, living as an artist. That you have to live in poverty. Live, basically live in poverty. Yeah. Starving artist. Starving artist. Starving artist, Starving artist. Starving artist yeah. is the worst. That's yes. a perfect, that's so perfect, especially yeah. with you two sitting here since yes. you're both artists and creators. I, I, starving artists. That is in the, in the collective consciousness. I was told that since I was a child. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, so then yeah. you're going to, if you do your love, the thing that you have bliss for, just be ready to be poor. Right. right, I was told I had to, because I painted my whole life, but yep. that's not how I could make a living and support myself. Yep. Right. Even though my aunt was an artist. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And was your aunt a financially successful artist? No, her father supported her. Oh, see. Her whole life. Wow, yeah. see. But actually, she was the art. Do you remember Newsteaders? The local Denver, it was a Denver department store. Mm -mm. She did all the artwork for the newspapers. Oh, wow. wow. Beautiful artwork, and I have it. So nice. she was a well-known in Denver artist. She worked for the Denver Post. She did. Right. But, yeah, but her, somebody else had to support her. Her father supported her because she was a single woman. And back then, you're spinster and, yeah, see, and an artist. Well, I, you know, speaking of spinster, I, I love to watch. I like to watch shows that I have no um, 
like that is nothing like my life, right? And so I love to watch like, you know, Pride and Prejudice and those kind of movies. They fascinate me because like, you know, these girls are like preparing to get married at like 13 and like they're already running out of time, right? And that to me, um, those are those beliefs. And and in some situations, those beliefs can work for somebody. If that works for you, if, if you have a belief that other people could say, oh no, I don't want that. That's fine if it works for you. But what I want you to look at is, the ones that aren't working for you. So when, so now, like both of you, I know are artists and, and writers, and but you have other jobs that support you, right? Yeah. So you have to do your artwork on your days on my, off. Yeah, it's a second job. Right. Right. Yeah, and and it's I, I got my I got the job I have now in in healthcare, which is. I make a good living and I enjoy it because it keeps me busy. It's always changing. I mean, it's, it's exciting, especially now. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. So I like it for that, but it's not what I love. Right. Um, so I got it because I needed that security. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed health care insurance because I had kids. So I, I think I did it more for them than I did for myself. And now that they're not, they're grown, you know, they're starting to live their own lives. Now I've started to go. Right. I can start moving on to other things. So if I get a lot of money where I could live a year without work, I'm gone. Just warning anybody out there. <laughs> so <laughs> right a lot, there, a lot though, of art available. <laughs> so right there, though, do you hear her saying, if I get a lot of money? Yes. So there was my first, yeah. Yeah. So that's, again, what we want to, and, and money is always, and I know we have an episode on law of consciousness, but money is always such a good one to look at how strongly your beliefs are. You because have to say when. It, yes, because it plays so much into so many people's decisions. Um, and so... What I want to look at is um, how then, how do you get from, okay, so for instance, the both of you, um, I know Tanya has um, written some books. Are you number one best-selling author? Not yet. Right, not yet. What, what should you say differently? Oh, what should I say differently? Um, yes, I am. I am going to be. No, I. I am a best-selling author. <laughs> I am. So this is where I want. It's hard to say. <laughs> no, it is because you're like I'm. I'm not there yet. You know that is so ingrained in us. Yeah. So why? What is keeping you then from point A to point B? Like, why Me? are you at? Yeah. But what is it? <clears throat> what belief is holding you? In a holding pattern, because oh, you've written have, the book. Yeah, that I don't that I don't have time to market. Uh-huh. That that I, I I always use that excuse, or I don't have time to write. Right. Or I need to write the second book because then if more people read the second book, then they're gonna really want the first book. So it's always time. It always comes back to time with me. Right. Like if I could just get more time. Like if I I'm painting and I'm writing and I'm doing my forty hour job and. You know, it, it always comes back to time. And I just have to go, I have the time. Like, I have the time. I just got to make the time. Right. But do you see, like, she knows it and she's saying it. Uh-huh. But what we want you to look at is how, uh, like, excuses you make, right? Because I'm thinking as you're talking, okay, where could she find the time? Well, she could do other, you know, get take other things off of your plate, like, do you watch TV at all? Yes, I can take that off. Absolutely. Right. I think of that all the time. Right. I don't need to watch the show. Right. I can listen to the book while I paint. Right. You know? And so these are the little things that if, if but, but unconsciously, we do these things to sabotage. We're like, so in your case, like, there are people who are like saying they, they should write a book or they, they're working on it or whatever. You finished, you have a finished product, mm-hmm. but you're not marketing it. So it's like I have a finished product that's sitting somewhere and maybe right some people have read yeah. it, but I'm not taking the time to execute it. Right. So then where is the belief in you that is sabotaging the, you know, pulling the trigger and actually really put like because if that's the case it should be the only thing you talk about it should be you should be handing it out on the street like right I mean exactly so where's the like what's the fear there or what is the I don't want to say fear what is the belief then what would happen if you actually hit the best-selling uh 
New York Times bestselling list. What would happen? Yeah. Oh my goodness. I would, I'd probably be in heaven. That would, that would really because you're, you're shaking your leg like you're so nervous. Well, it's just because I'm talking. I know people are going to be listening to this (laughs) and I'm fidgety, (laughs) but no, you're right. I, I don't know. That would just be amazing. And I, I want it and I need to make it happen, but you're right. I need to figure out how to do it. Not just talk about it. Like what is the, what did you say last time with Yoda? Yeah, you know, there is no trying. There is no try. Do I need to do? But like, then you also have the money to stop doing the job, so you can write more books. Yes. Okay, but I want you to look at like in your upbringing. You know, in your growing up, did someone say to you that you could be a New York Times bestselling no. author? What would What were you told? I was told that like you have to work. You have to work hard. If you don't work hard every day and grind and do overtime and then you're not going to make it you whatever you put into work you know sitting in front of a desk and writing like who does that like where we're from that's not something people do they work nine to fives they you know make enough to retire they pay off the house they live in the house so they they literally live to work they live to work and that's the mindset that in classes we've had here and that I try to tell myself, but you, you still slip. You, the, they always come back. No matter how much I tell myself, don't say that money's grows on, you know, money's hard to come. You know, don't, don't think that. Think that you're going to get money. Like money's coming to you. Make it come. You still find yourself going, if, you say if, yeah. I say if. And you still go to work and grind. And I still go to work and grind. I've been better the last few weeks <laughs> where I'm like, you know what? I'm working eight. I'm going home. I got stuff to do. I'm taking a lunch. I'm writing during my lunch. So I'm making a conscious effort. Good. Seriously, from listening to, to, to re- these are like little classes to me, you know, because nice. we have class. So the podcast is like little classes to me. And I kind of realized, I'm like, I'm not doing, I'm not listening to Yoda (laughs) and Natalie. (laughs) I love it. Yoda, my homie. Um, Yeah. So that's what I want uh, everyone to look at is we have to really nitpick. You think you believe something. And so especially people who are somewhat, you know, where a lot of people who come here are sort of aware of their thought, you know, of their thinking, of their beliefs. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, my family believes that. And I believe that. And now I'm trying to change that belief. But it still doesn't mean that they've then, you know, quit their job, bought the house on the beach, um, did the big dream. They're still like, eventually I'll get there. Right. And so I want the listeners to to really go in and look and and we're talking on a big scale but this could be little things as well you know whether you're trying to get a workout regimen or you're trying to change some habit or um what is it that sabotages you you know why is it the the fear of so I'll, I'll give you an example like I know somebody who you know was really working out like she finally you know people gave her a hard time about her weight and then the doctor kind of said look you know you've got to do something about it and so she really decided to really take it serious and she really got into it and then she started to lose weight and then she got the who do you think you are oh, now you think you're too good because you're all losing all that weight. Or now, you know, she goes to a family dinner and she brings her own food or whatever. And they're like, oh, now you th- you're too good to eat what the refried beans with the, the, you know, lard in it. And she's like, I'm just trying to stick to my thing. But then she started to slip up and back out because it was too much pressure from people around. Nobody was supporting her. They were giving her those old beliefs and saying, like, you can't do that, right? Who do you think you are that you can do that? And so we want to, and I say this also for family members, you know, think about your family when I hear, like, young people have dreams or people will say things, and and even if, you know, you know, let's say a young person is like, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z, you know, for a living. And you're like, there's no way they're going to ever make, you know, you squash that, you squash that for them. You've already set them up to, to be miserable the rest of their life. I say like, okay, try it. 
Let's see what you got. Let's see what you can do, you know? Um, and so we can innocently put beliefs on people. I really watch that um, in my house. I have my nephews with me, and I have to be very aware of what I say to them because I know I'm, and they're older now, so they've already been, for the most part, programmed, but I'm also careful to not put things on them that are going to add to beliefs because they really trust me, and so if auntie's saying it, then I, I should, you know, take that as truth, and I'm like, nah, that's because that's true for me doesn't mean it's true for them, right? This reminds me of a friend I used to have years ago, and she had a little boy, six, seven, eight years old. She's always say, he's going to end up in prison. He's trouble. He's going to end up in prison. And I thought, oh, my goodness. What a goodness. heavy weight to put on him. She put that on him all the time. And I, I don't know what happened to him, but I can guess. Yeah, see, and that's what we're, you know, want to look at is um, why do you believe what you believe, right? And so really take time to look back in your childhood. And you won't even, you'll be surprised at what you will find there because there's things there that you you know, think, oh, I'm not going to be like my parents, and I have my own beliefs in my own way, and then you're going to catch yourself saying it or thinking it, and so I say, like, everything, like, you know, think about, like, how you set up your kitchen, you know? I remember moving one time, and my aunts were there helping, and they started to unpack my kitchen, and I, I had to put a stop to it. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I have a way. Well, it was the way my mother taught me because the 4-H taught her, the homemaking 4-H <laughs> people taught her that you had, there was an etiquette to setting up your kitchen. Right. You know, my aunts, I failed. my aunts aren't like that at all. They were just like, they were like, okay, cool. We won't help you. We'll go home. See you later. Bye. You know, and I'm like, wow, I have this belief because my mom had the belief and my mom got the belief from someone else. Literally where you put your glasses next to your sink or not, Right. And so um, I want you to think about all the different ways, all the things that you believe and, and how, they, how they work in your life. Are, do, are they working for you? Great. If you were raised to money grows on trees, keep that one. Um, but start to look at the ones that sabotage you, that um, debilitate you, that limit you. L you know, I say limiting beliefs, like limit... You, you limit yourself on so many levels, you will only take yourself so far because then, you know, other things set in. And, and I want you to really think about how have I limited myself, you know? Could I have pushed, you know, 10 more reps at the gym? Um, or could I have written, you know, could I write one more book? Could I, where, where is the, the part of me that limits myself? And then where does that come from, okay? Um, any questions about that? How, does that? No, uh, no. I think you calling me out on saying if was like boom. <laughs> <laughs> that was like that was like a hammer on the head. I'm thinking I'm coming in. Yeah, I'm right. positive. <laughs> I'm positive, and, and that's something you know your language again. Yeah. <laughs> Those are the, th the things that will keep you in that holding pattern. The if, when, maybe, um, at some point. And it's like, no, the, that's just out in the abyss somewhere. And it's the, you'll never draw it to you because it's just it's a maybe. Yeah. Right? And so the belief has to be exact. It's got to be strong. And again, bringing, um, I, I, I know I'm cramming a lot in here and, and you know, we could go in much deeper, but bringing you back to, I want the intention to be the realization of your full potential. Like, do you even have a clue what your potential is? Most people, I'm not lying to you, most people live their whole life and barely tap into their full potential. Barely tap into their full potential. And so, um, and this, I am not talking about being an Oscar winning movie star or Michael Jordan, or I am talking about the full potential that is within you. That doesn't mean that you, yeah, maybe you, fame is in there, but it doesn't mean that kind of thing. I'm talking about like, you know, um, taking yourself to a place of creating something that, whether it's your family, your environment, your home, um, even that sometimes I see, you could decorate your house with limiting beliefs. You could say, oh, that's too gaudy, right? Do you love it? Yes, hang it. If it's gaudy, it's your play, right? It is your reality. And that's what I want the listeners to really start to um, pinpoint in their own life is, 
what, um, what is holding me back from my full potential? What brings me again to that bliss so that I can fully express myself? I guess that's the word I'm looking for is expressing myself fully to my full potential, whether that's creating art, whether that's raising kids, whether that's like cooking, whatever that is, you know, your full potential is there. Okay. Um, anybody want to add anything before we close? I just think being here has really made me be conscious of how I speak to my kids. Like, you know, I make sure to not impose my beliefs. That's part of the reason they still go to Catholic school, even though I don't practice. It's because I wanted them to have their own opinions and to believe whatever they wanted to believe. And I always try to, you know, word things so it's not like, this is how it has to be. Right. This is how it can be, but whatever you want it to be. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's where I think my dad, I mean, my dad did me the best. He really set me up for the work I do because he literally said, and and Tanya and Mariah know this very well, that I question everything. I I will go down every rabbit hole. I will, he said to me, question every, don't just believe what you are told. And um, since I was little, and he would even say, and I, you know, he's my hero, anything he said to me was true and he said question everything even me what I tell you question it and so I have spent my entire life questioning everything and not just believing things and what I will say to you all and to the listeners is you can listen to all the episodes and you can come to all my classes and you can come here and I'm going to tell you don't believe a single word I say yeah she does say that she does say that (laughs) all the time (laughs) because I want you to believe what's true for you I want you to, to say, oh, yeah, I like that. I'll take that. Nope, I don't like that. I'm going to leave that. I want you to understand that if you dump your beliefs and then take on something that I believe, all, you're not doing yourself a you know, you're, you are doing yourself a disservice. I want you to believe what, what beliefs will, will um, bring me into the realization of my full potential. What beliefs do I need to get rid of? What will take me? If it's the I am and everything after that, just take that because that alone is in all the ancient teachings. I am, and whatever you put after that statement, you are. I am not only the New York Times bestselling author, I am the best-selling author, right? Um, I am the best uh, uh, artist, architect, uh, you know, taco maker or uh, pupusas. Pupusas. I'll go there. (laughs) And so um, that's what I want everyone to take um, today is um, start to explore your beliefs and um, and listen to your family. You want to know what you believe? Listen to your family and conversation and you'll really see what you believe. Okay, so we we will stop there and uh, we'll take you into a short process. So in this process, uh, we're going to just go into the mental body, into the brain. So take a couple of deep breaths. God, goddess, all that is, Pachamama, Antipasado, swinged beings. All of our souls counsel, our teachers, our guides, our angels. We call upon you today and we ask you to create sacred space. We are here today as we explore our beliefs in all aspects of our reality. We ask today to go into the unconscious, into the subconscious, into the childhood programming. I ask today for the energy I ask today for the energy to go into the programming that you are unaware of. I ask today that the beliefs that no longer serve you rise to the surface. I ask to clear the false beliefs 
the self-sabotaging beliefs. The limiting beliefs. The disempowering beliefs. I ask to clear deep in the mind deep in the trenches of the neural pathways. And to bring you into a state of realization of your full potential. I ask to change the old programming into the new higher states of consciousness into the remembering that you are the creator and that your truth is your own personal path. Your truth is yours and yours alone. What you believe creates the reality that unfolds before you. I ask for the voices, the opinions, the programming of others from others begin to drop away from your being, from your mind, from your body, from your soul. I ask that you remember why you are here, what you came to experience, and to believe only what is true for you. I ask, going forward, that the beliefs, opinions, judgments of others will bounce off of you that you will simply say thank you and continue on in the manifestation of your divine creation. I ask today for you to be blessed in the belief that you are a miraculous creator and your life has only just begun. Bantheo Shahao, Bantheo Shukwa, Omedeo, Amen, so it is. Amen. So it is. I will leave you in this quiet state. May you have a blessed day, week, month, until we meet again.